Hello and welcome to the Lock In podcast, the show that lifts the lid on life and the pub trade by those working in it. And the morning advertisers, Ed Bennington, and with me as ever are my lovely co-hosts, James Cuthbertson and Heath Ball. Heath is dialing into this from his family holiday in Sweden. I'd like to say that's down to dedication to the podcast, but I suspect it's more down to the fact he's using any excuse to get away from his family. I think that's a fair comment, isn't it, Heath? Oh, 100% it would, 100%. <laughs> He's got that look at him like, shh, they're just they're outside the door, they might hear me. <laughs> right, uh, James Cuthbertson is not in Sweden, although as a big fan of Ikea meatballs, he'd love to be over there munching some balls. What's this whole fat thing today? It's like you haven't got any mirrors in your house. <laughs> that wasn't actually a fat joke, that was just a smutty joke. Okay. Yeah, oh, I see. see. Yeah, it didn't work. It just wasn't down that Didn't line. land that one, did we? No, no, no. never mind. It's, it's, now <laughs> that's different from How many normal. episodes? <laughs> One day, one day, one day I'll exactly. get there. Uh, this episode of The Lock is focusing on costs, and we're seeing pubs facing a tsunami of increase at the moment, and we're taking a look at the impact of some of those and any thoughts on how we can tackle them. We'll be looking at menu engineering, how operators can look at ranging in ingredients to limit increases. We'll be hearing from two top food operators, Stephen Smith of the Freemasons in Whistle, and Mark Bridgerton from The Dog at Wingham. We'll be looking at rising commodity costs with Sean Allen of Prestige Purchasing on what's on the horizon there and we'll also be looking at some of the challenges around fixed costs in trading energy staff etc and speaking to john ellis of the crown in oakengate about how he's adapting his trading hours but before all that wonderful stuff let's have a look at what's been going on in the trade at the moment so guys what's what's caught your eye at the moment what's uh, uh nice to i see don't you. know I, I, go on he go james i'd yeah. say nice to see boris get his first fine first of many for his little bit of party gating <laughs> It's just ridiculous. It's it's this this government is just unbelievable. If that was us, we'd be getting fines. Our pubs would be shut down, and it gets a fifty quid fine. And there's more to come. Rishi well, Sunak, who's a yeah, oh yeah, what another hundred, another couple hundred quid? Rishi Sunak, what? He's a millionaire, multi-millionaire. He's yeah, getting fifty quid fines. Don't, don't forget, Boris struggles to afford wallpaper, so this might actually hit him in the pocket. Mate, quite it's, it's a, it's, it's a, mate, it's a joke. You know what else is a joke? UK Hospitality's manifesto for the local councils. Did you guys read it? Yeah, I have read it. Yeah. yeah. Did you read it? Yeah. Seriously, seriously. You know what? You know what the local council is going to do when they get that? Put in the bin. <laughs> in the bin. Mm. They can't even. They can't even run. The, they've got enough on their plate as it is to listen to UK Hospitality going. Oh, we, well, you guys should be more sympathetic about outside do- dining, and you should be a bit more of this, and you should be a bit more about that. I don't care. Yeah, but shouldn't they, they be, ask, they should be asking for that though? Truly, I mean, they should be putting pressure on local government to be more sympathetic in those, those they circumstances. Don't, look, man, honestly. It's like the government. Do you think they care? Well, the VAT's back at 20%. None of these, they don't care. They're just, they're just jobs worth doing their job, not interested. They just, they'll make our life harder. They're not, there'll be no breaks. Like, you know. I mean, I feel a little bit like the UK on, are damned if they are, damned if they don't on that one with, 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 with you. Well, I, I, but I think they need to be tougher. Mm. I think they need it. I don't think there's enough. It's too much of, hi, hi sir, please, can we have you, you some want more? The, you want that more, like the, more demanding as opposed to... Uh, I want them more aggressive. Okay. Uh, I want more aggressive. Going, if they're going, going represent in with us, a baseball bat. Yeah, no, I think they need to be more aggressive. I think they need to be harder. I think they need to be, oh, shit, like the trade unions. We don't want to miss these guys. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They're too powerful. We're not powerful. We're, we're constantly asking... Is that okay? Don't upset you guys. You're the government. We don't want to upset you. We're the third biggest employer in the country, but we don't want to upset you. We need to be more demanding. Just hold back we our um, hold back the vat. Well, yeah, that's that something is, like that. Uh, you know, as you say, hit him in the pocket. Um, he's interested. Hit him in the pocket. As a Kiwi coming back from Sweden, as you hope to tomorrow, um, <laughs> if, he's, I, if know, he makes it, make, just just be careful because you might find yourself in Rwanda. <laughs> Although I reckon you'd rather be in Rwanda right now. No, they'd be sending him back pretty quick. Yeah. Just, that's yeah. But what is like, like, what is that madness? It's, it's like, like living. It's just. It's, it's like um. It's like a game of cards against humanity. It's like um, you know, refugee comes to um Britain and is then sent to, and someone's caught Rwanda in their hand, and they go, there it is. And it's just <laughs> nuts. <laughs> Am I, am I the only one? Like, Rwanda had that mass genocide yes. oh, not yes. very long ago. Yes. You know what I mean? 
Right. It, it's not and the most hospitable of countries, although uh, although somebody did point out that Arsenal have been telling us to visit Rwanda for yep. quite some time, so yeah. uh, yeah, they can't they'll, be that they'll bad. Send them out, they'll send them out there, Ed, and it, it's it's not, you know, they'll be stuck there. They're never coming back. They're no, I think that might be why they're doing chance. it, Heath. I mean, that's Yeah, no, the, but it's just... It, it's just you know, I mean, joking about the cast humanity, it is almost like a sketch from the uh, New Statesman, isn't it? Mm. It's like, yes. how, what can we get away with? What is the most reprehensible, horrible thing mm. we can do? But here it is. But also, it's such, it's such a horrible. Yeah. It's it's such a horrible rhetoric coming out of the government. They know it's so fucked up that it's going to consume the media. Yeah. They, 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 they have to talk about it, so it detracts from Partygate again. Do you know what I mean? Like, this is true. This where is true. where is this? I, unfortunately, there's no one else really like. Keir Starmer, I don't, there's no one else to really replace Boris that you trust. To, mm. to well, Rishi's 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 you know, he's, exactly. He was the obvious one, wasn't he? And yeah. that's oh, well, that's in tatters. Do you know now. What I, but sure, yeah, he's obviously. He's we got, you know, I know you're not here right now, but we got. I went to three petrol stations yesterday trying to get diesel. Couldn't get diesel over here. That place is a state. We're in what happened to your electric car? Have you just doubled down on yeah. saying climate change doesn't yeah. exist? Yeah, it doesn't exist. It. Yeah. I'm going all yeah. in on exactly. it. Bring us back to the point of the podcast, which is about hospitality, not you two having a rant about okay, the state of the world. Second, you know, you know, Here's a conversation in the pub, granted. Ed, for a second, you know how much petrol is in Sweden right now? More than there's over here, I Two twenty a litre pounds. Okay. Two twenty. So you know their food costs are going up. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Everyone's the whole the whole Europe. The whole everyone's really everyone's suffering. I mean, uh, yeah. it, it, it's not all doom and gloom. Though. We've seen people expanding in the trade. We've got expansion going on. Uh, Ark Inspirations, North have taken on new investment. Haven't they? North Brewing are expanding to Birmingham, Liverpool, uh, London rather. Yeah. Uh, Portobello have got new funding. They've bought three sites in Brighton, I believe. I mean, mm. it's it's. it's There'll always be people doing stuff. There's, there's, I mean, opportunity, there's opportunity. The industry we're in. Yeah, but that's 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 a the fact that, that they're getting investment now shows a degree of optimism. Well, there's nowhere to put your money right now, yeah. is there? Well, that's yeah. If you've got cash, where are you putting your money? Petrol. It's no point keeping it. Well, you know, petrol, let's yeah. be honest. You look at some of these guys that are, that are investing in these businesses. They're investing in the business to fall over and then nick it back for a, for a, you know a quid. So, I'm not saying that's the intention, but I, there I is always would caveat a, that with a yeah, uh, uh, that's opinion. And, yeah, no, uh, of course it is. But <laughs> if you look at you know certain arrangements with certain VCs and what have you yeah. they're, in, they're first in the queue so yeah. I, I wouldn't not that those examples are, are the ones you know are the ones I'm talking about but there's always yes as he said someone's going to put their money some money's going to move to make it's, money yeah I, I prefer to be a little bit optimistic but, nah, but I accept yeah thank you um, <laughs> speaking of optimism food hygiene labelling is uh, people are calling for it to be mandatory on the door of your pub what, what do we think about that yeah well the only thing that we Cool. I mean, you got, if you've got nothing to hide, you've got nothing to hide. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then publish yeah, your reports yeah. in full. I mean, what about having your TripAdvisor reviews on the door? Don't be a prick. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? There's a difference between health and safety than the bloody some corporation in Massachusetts I only said it to trigger you, Heath. They're I'm absolute not wankers. Yeah, you imagine that. You imagine that. That's, that would be the equivalent of the Chinese social social credit scheme. Speaking like, of And you're like... Yeah, you're not allowed to go. You can't well, take your mum to a, to a pub on her birthday well, if it's got if it's only got three points. Speaking of wankers, uh, Wales have uh, are Hold discussing. On, the whole of Wales? No, no, no. The government. Of Wales, oh right, sorry, I just want to check. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> 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 Might try to do that, man. Yeah. <laughs> um, Wales is thinking about charging. The Welsh government, rather, is thinking about charging a visitor levy to anyone coming into Wales. If you're a hospitality operator in Wales right now, you probably wow. just could be going, "What the actual fuck?" Pay a lot to get out, wouldn't you? Yeah. It's <laughs> 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 not the joke. But again, about the, uh, it, it, again, yeah. it just shows you. You know what I mean? They don't. They don't care, and they just realise they've had two years of hell in Wales, more than we've had in, the, in London or the UK, in England, and they've just gone and kicked them in the teeth again. Do you know what I mean? How about just how about we give hospitality a break for a couple of years? Give us time to get back on our feet. Give the country time to recover. What's what's inflation in hospitality right now? Seventeen percent? Oh, it's just no. I don't even think. I don't even think. You know, and then you get customers like we, we talk about. I, I suppose we'll talk about later that that pub, a pint of pint for seventeen quid. They go, that's really expensive. Well, is it? Is it really? Mm. Life's just got expensive. Well, I think we're, we're going we're, we're to touch on that later, I think, when we're talking to, to Sean Allen, because I think there's, there's, there's a debate to be had around 
consumer reality on these things. But um, just just to finish off here, though, uh, a story that really caught my eye: a nudist group was hosting events in pubs. Apparently, uh, they had a. Uh, it's called the group is called Nothing On. Uh, which is a, a nice pun, held an event in a pub in Guildford. Everyone was drinking in the buff. I can see this happening at the Red Lion and Sunheath. What do you think? Mate, I'd only do it in summer because I get, it gets really cold in winter and I just don't want to embarrass myself. <laughs> Any more than you can. <laughs> I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> Got to give yourself every advantage there. But, uh, it wasn't a no, was it? No, it wasn't actually. I think he's keen. I'm sorry if this drink is listening. Surely you need a license for that. Like, I, I don't do you go know. to the council and say I just need a temporary license for a bunch of maybe, people maybe we can e- maybe we can explore that in a future podcast we can do an entire episode in the bar whilst talking about it right no thanks mate. in the summer just for heat no thanks no thanks go <laughs> <laughs> stay on let's leave that one there and uh, move on with the rest of the show You're listening to the Lock In Podcast, and we're looking at some of the increasing costs and challenges operators are facing and how to handle them. One of the latest imposition on the trade is the introduction of calorie labelling, essentially fat shaming on the menu. I'm not looking at you, James. Unbelievable. <laughs> what a start. <laughs> every time, every time. Now, this, this only affects businesses more than 250 employees, but will still impact on quite a lot in the trade, and is potentially a slippery slope that could apply to all. One of those that has been impacted by this is Brew House and Kitchen. I'm delighted to have CEO and Chairman Chris Gumbrell joining us now to talk about the issue. So, Chris, thanks for joining us. That's all right, Ed. Nice to see you again. Nice uh, to see you, Pete. Are you... Yeah, nice to see you, mate. It's... Uh, it, are you all labelled up? Are you sort of because I know this this has come in? I think it's caught some operators on the heart. I'm not quite sure why because it, it's been quite broadcast and talked about. But are you sorted? Have you got everything uh, in place for this? Yeah, I mean we've we've, we've had labelling in place since just after Christmas, so uh, it's had some teething problems. We uh, it's very interesting actually. We're all complaining about it, and then as soon as the uh, the calories were on the menus, we were all questioning it. So well, that looks very high. That looks very, and we all produced our our nutrition apps and our phones we're all calculating it out so so to say that it's uh, I'm sure if it labelling <laughs> the calories weren't on the this is some of us I certainly would be looking up looking up what the calories are anyway not that I necessarily welcome it but it's amazing I mean, it's been kicking around for a while calories is an issue yeah. I think it uh, yeah we've had it we've had it in since January so. I mean in terms of, of, of getting them on there I mean talk us through the process sort of um, I mean you've obviously got ahead of the legislation um, so you're, you're staying ahead of that thing but how did you approach it what did, what did you have to do to, to calculate all those uh, things it was a case of just handing a wad of cash to someone else to work it out or well we, we kind of did the, the, the world of cash thing but I, in, in hindsight I'm wondering whether it would have been better off actually working with uh, some of the technology that's kind of more cheaply available to say but I'll, I'll probably get shot down in flames for saying that now you asked us to get proper advice but we've broadly arrived at the same numbers uh, so I think that's an area still to probably be agreed as to what's the right way forward but to be honest calories has been on our, our radar for a couple of years we've we've always tried to do what we call our halo menu after christmas which is always pretty successful so we try and keep a couple of main courses under 500 calories make those available uh, that works well that works right. well especially after christmas where people are trimming down anyway so there is a kind of um there is an appetite for, for i think with some guests for calories and, and it's like all these things you know at the end of the day you can only, you know, it, 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 we can complain about this to a point. But I guess we've all got to get on with it. Uh, uh, it's, uh, and yeah, we've had it in our business. We're trying to use it to our best of advantage. And I think, you know, we 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 had a kind of an angsty conversation amongst ourselves the other day with a new draft of the menu of why have we got to tell our guests guests at the bottom of the menu that the recommended dose is two thousand calories a day. I mean, why? Yeah. Have we, you know, we kind of had a, an emotional conversation around that at our own exec. You know, and uh, we settled on the on the attitude of saying that we know you're an adult and putting that very clearly at the bottom of the we are we know you're an adult however we are required to remind you and we'll kind of keep it a little bit tongue-in-cheek and keep it keep it sensible in terms of the way we communicate with guests but at the end of the day it is what it is i mean we could have done without the extra cost we could have done with, done without the extra hassle at this moment in time but you know it's uh, i think i said to you before christmas ed this is like running a running a business in the this sector and it's just one thing after another and uh you know but you know i i don't know what do i like i liken it to the smoking ban you know it seemed awkward and difficult and costly and uh uh, uh but you know consumers went with it yeah ultimately and i 
I'm hoping that the consumers, I think they will, go with um, go with calories as well now as part of the experience is to look at the calories. And then maybe there's some opportunities in there as well. We're, we're already mapping out a few that we can see. I mean, it's good that there's opportunities in there, and I guess if you embrace it and find things to do it. But I mean, you said it's got. Can you quantify the cost of, of, of what it's what it's been to the business? I, I, I think I use a very broad term. I sound like a politician. Several thousand pounds to actually run it, to to actually look at a menu because obviously being a branded business and a concept, you know, we've got to analyse every dish properly. Mm. Um, but I think we're getting some lessons now, and we're exploring the legislation a little bit more. And of course, on the back of this, like all of these things. Um, Lots of little organisations and companies have sprung up offering to calculate the calories for us mm. at the end of the day. But that information is freely available out there. And as I said, I, I, I use I use just for many because I have a habit of my 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 girth expanding and shrinking quite uh, <laughs> quite frequently. I tend to uh, I tend to watch what I eat. Your body is a temple, much like James. It's uh, yeah. <laughs> I plug in what I eat and, and now and again just have a look, and I do look for it. So I think. Yeah. I think consumers there. I think we can kick and scream and moan about it as as trade. It's there. We're stuck with it. Learn, think about what the advantages will be. And I, I, my my head of marketing was spot on yesterday. We were talking about the, uh, this conversation, and he said he thinks it's like TripAdvisor that we all moan and complain about it. But the reality is, you've just got to look at it, take the positives from it to improve your business, and that's kind of how we now approach uh, uh, reputation mon- uh, management within our business. Is that you? use it to drive up service and drive up delivery and improve the performance of the business you've used so, two, uh, two triggers there for Heath both TripAdvisor and, and, and calorie <laughs> labelling I think is, is probably uh, I mean uh, Heath, you've been quite vociferous mainly on text to me about this but um, I mean what, 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 what are your thoughts because you, 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 you see some real sort of challenges for this well, I think it's like I do think it's madness I think it's you know even from the side of the people who've got eating disorders all the, I've read a lot about it since this conversation has come about and they're not happy about it there's a lot of people that I don't think they're happy in society about this and I think it could have been done smarter by the government I think it could have been applied to you know i.e. fast food restaurants um, you know instead of just going at like employ, you know 250 employees and I don't have a real problem with it I think people will start writing menus that they'll be, they'll be substituting stuff so they won't use butter they'll use soya butter and they'll I don't know. I just think that, you know, people are adults. I think we should let them enjoy their lives. It just feels like we're almost turning into the Communist Party over here and taking control of people's lives too much. You want to go out and enjoy yourself. And I think they're ruining the fun. They're taking the fun out of going out. Uh, I think you were saying... And in America, it's... in America, it's proven not to work. I mean, you they've, were, done, they've had it in America for a long time. It hasn't worked in America. It's done nothing. Eighty percent of the population is obese. I mean, yeah, it's debatable so whether it's actually it going to work. achieve achieve what what. I mean, it, it's it's a box sticky exercise for the government, really, isn't it? They can say we've taken. Yeah, they don't talk space. about. But if they don't talk about the, the nutritional value of the calorie. No. So you can have a chocolate bar at 100 calories, and you can have a stick of celery at 100 calories, but they're both 100 calories on a menu. Yeah. And they both give you different nutrition. So there's none of that. It's just, you know, it's like BMI, you know. It doesn't, it doesn't work. It's, it's a I mean, broad, you know. One of the concerns, and I know that one, when we, we were talking about this in, a, in a, uh, an event the other day, and, and one of the delegates did say that he'd seen a drop-off in dessert um, uh, dessert sales since since the labelling came in. I mean, Chris, have you seen any impact as the changes in behaviour and things like I that? Think, yeah. I think for us, I mean, things like, you know, at the end of the day, it depends a lot of it on what occasion you're servicing. So, I mean, at the end of the day, people are not interested in calories on the weekend and they just ignore it. So, at the end of the day, the, the top five dishes that sell in a pub are still the same dishes and they always will be. It will be steak and chips, it will be cotton chips, it will be fish and chips. Yeah. It's going to be the burgers. So, at the end of the day, there, there are very few options. <laughs> Uh, low-fat uh, options on a burger at the end of the day and I think uh, for, the, for the occasions for the treats then people will still order the, uh, the they'll disregard the calorie side of things I think Keith is right is that the, you know this is a, as I said earlier on it's a case of it's not restricting the fact that people are adults and that's the way we're trying to present it I suppose we're uh, I suppose we're all a bit battle weary after the last two and a half years anyway so and I kind of get yet another thing we've got to put in let's just stick it in and try and find the best way around it mm. they're, gonna, they're not going to reverse it and I think the point here for me um, and what I think the, the point that's been missed by the government is that it's very easy to come to us and let us do the nanny states work for mm. them yeah. whereas the, the big point that's been missed and actually it's also linked to another big crisis well it is a crisis in our sector right now is we don't teach people to cook at school anymore we don't teach mm. people to understand food anymore we've stopped talking to people like grown-ups about nutrition at a formative years 
you know, I love I still my own weekly cooking at school. I love cooking at school. I was engineer, I ended up loving cooking so much. I went into kitchen and I went into hospitality. And we've improved all of that now. Uh, uh, and that's been done right down. And we've created, unfortunately, a culture where people used to eat out very occasionally when I grew up. Very occasionally people go out. Now people are out three or four times a week and they're out, not out two, three, four times a week. They're getting their food delivered to them from a local yeah. restaurant, which is not great, really. No, no. <laughs> and so, so you've kind of, you know, I think, and then the government's the easy option for us instead of actually going back to take it to, to addressing the problem of its root and branch, which is getting into getting young people to understand the importance of cooking, the importance of setting up a weekly budget, buying fresh vegetables, knowing how to cook fresh vegetables. To, to create in uh, now, now we, you could argue to say well we've benefited over that during the last 30 years with a massive expansion of dining out yeah. casual dining uh, uh, food in pubs so we've all benefited that commercially but the reality is people don't understand food anymore and they're not being taught it during their formative years uh, con- con- conscious of the time sorry Chris uh, one, one last question though do you think it's going to stifle innovation and people's willingness to be more flexible and the menus to change more frequently is it going to make people just a little bit slower kind of let's just stick with stuff let's have a score range that we're not really going to mess around with i think i think you know from everyone's perspective one thing that i've learned in the last two years is whatever imposition you put on our trade and our our industry is you can't stifle us we will always innovate and i think you know the opportunities for me will be um, we're probably going to see a growth in vegetarian and veganism, not through a conscious choice, but more for calorific choice, yeah. which will drive up the margins. But there's some some positive indirect benefit that we could get from that. So Absolutely. people will move more to ordering vegetarian food, which is going to be cheaper and it's going to be lowering calories. And it'll deli- deliver better margins for us as well. So there could be something about that. And I'll see more innovation. We've got to see more innovation around protein, about burger alternatives and about meat alternatives that will come through and will probably almost certainly will have lower calories. The product quality is already improving. It'd be nice if the price came down on some of those products. I don't know what he's seeing, but I just find it. I will yeah. yeah, the price yeah. of that based burger. I, I yeah. just can't bear my head around that right now in terms of the cost. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, I'm, I'm conscious we're, we're pretty much out of time. James, one last question. I'll Are just... you conscious of calorie labor? Is that something you want to be looking for <laughs> on the menus? It's, uh... Well, you know, now I'm a street fighter, Ed. I should right. warn you. Um, no, I just, I, I, I was just going to ask whether we've seen any um, enforcement of this. Obviously, Chris, you're one of the good guys getting sorted, getting early. But we know of some operators that have ignored it and aren't doing it as yet, or haven't implemented it. Um, as you say, there's been plenty of warning. Yeah. Um, have, has there been any enforcement? Or have we heard of anything I, yet? Not yet. I don't know. I mean, have, have you had any sort of people checking up on you, Chris? No, I'm sure it'll. I'm sure it'll, there'll be a three month grace period. It's like smoking ban. There'll be a three month grace period, yeah. and then then they'll then they'll all be out. The guys with the uh, fluorescent vests, the adenoids, <laughs> and the clipboards will all be out, sort of poking around the business and chat, and then and they'll all evaporate into the like they did with the smoking ban about twelve months later. So, yeah. Um, yeah. but the consumers will, will the consumers will, will police us probably because some people will look. Yeah, it's a pain, and, and and we could have done without it, but we got it. We got to deal with it. That's Absolutely, battle weary. Really, it's just like yeah. Anything else you want to put on? <laughs> the last two Don't years. ask. Don't ask that question. They will. They will. Brilliant. Okay, no. Chris. Well, thank you very much for that. Appreciate your time. Uh, we shall leave it there. Cheers, Chris. Cheers, Chris. Cheers. This is the Lock-In Podcast with Ed Bennington, James Cuthbertson and Swedish Heath. We're focusing on the increasing costs of trading at the moment in this episode of the podcast and we're going to take a look at menu engineering and ranging now and what you can be doing. To help us with that, we've got two great operators joining us. We've got Stephen Smith of the Freemasons in Whistle and Mark Bridgeton from the Dog at Wingham. Welcome, guys. Good evening. Thanks, sir. Thanks for joining us. So, I mean... Let, let's let's look at you know we've got sort of costs coming out of left right and center everything's increasing it's all going up i mean how are you coping with that what kind of things are you doing with your menus to try and mitigate some of that um steven do you want to start yeah well i think it's about being being inventive and and, and using the, the whole kitchen uh and when i say the, the whole kitchen um you know, if you just t- take for example this weekend um you know, we, we, we strangely, we're here with Country Pub, but we sell a hell of a lot of fish. Mm. Um, so, 
this weekend we'll take all the fish trim we we brine it all and then Sunday lunch and then obviously we've got bank holiday Monday we do a beautiful seafood gratin and we do that every week so it's just about looking at the costs aren't going to go go, we're not going to get the cost down you can't cut your portion you can't cut your portion sizes down and you can't cut the quality down so the only way you can do the only way you can save money is to look at your menu and then say to yourself how can I incorporate what we've already got in the kitchen what we've already paid for into the menu so whether that's the seafood gratin we've got an oxtail pudding on so the oxtail pudding Mm. comprises of, of, of cheek tongue and then it comprises of all the trim of all the fillets and all the sirloins that we buy as whole mince them and then we make the filling for the oxtail on the other set menu we've got a little fish cake on again uses some of the fish trim up so it's it, it really is just about looking at that menu and saying how can we use the whole kitchen and, and where else can we incorporate that into the menu and then which obviously you know on the flip side your labor costs go through the roof so you've got to balance that because there's a hell of a lot of work but then what what we've done is is we talk about say portion sizes or or putting the prices up we've put our prices up but then what we've done is we've 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 added value to the menus as well so now you come on the set lunch menu everybody gets little snacks everybody gets bread then everybody gets this beautiful little uh, warm welcome broth, which we change throughout the year. So even though we've put the prices up, we've added value to the menu, but then the added value, the little nuggets, which you had at, at, at the top 50 as one of the little snacks, the nuggets, we sell lots of smoked salmon as a starter, but to get the beautiful pieces of smoked salmon, you have lots of trim. Yeah. So we use the trim for that into the nuggets, and then the broth is all the carcasses off so we use the lobster carcasses we've been using venison carcasses beef carcasses chicken carcasses and then we make a spice broth so we're adding value to our menu mm. and putting them up we're adding value yeah. so people still think they're getting a great deal and we're getting more for, for the menu yeah. but obviously somebody's got to make the broth yeah, somebody's yeah. got to make the nuggets you know, etc., etc. So it's just about for for us and what we're doing. You know, we're very much we flipped our whole operation on the head, and we're very, very labour, labour, labour driven now, right. rather than things last minute. Because we're not going to get away. You know, I, I look at the, the cost of a fillet steak. We're we're a country pub. We've got to have a fillet steak on. You know, it was seven pounds fifty for an eight ounce fillet, pre pre lockdown. And, and as of we're sat here now, it's £12.50. And we're charging £45. And we're getting, obviously, you know, it's, it's a good cash margin, but we're getting nowhere near, you know, where we should be with it. So you've just got to be, just got to be, just got to be clever. You've it's, just got to be clever working, about what we do. It's working smart, isn't it? It's almost sort of that nose-to-tail kind of uh, yeah, we're, approach. Yeah, we're, we're not going to get away from the prices, you, you know. And anybody who's, who's, who's in the top 50 isn't going to want to, you know, and out of the top 50. They're not going to want to cut the quality. They're not going to want to cut the portion sizes. The portion sizes are, are very important. So for us, think clever and, 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 and add value to your menus. Put your prices up, but add value. You Absolutely. know, add value. Yeah. So, we, you know, we've added an extra snack. You know, just added little things that you can do. That, you know, to, so people feel like they're still getting. They, they're still getting some of it. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, Mark, what what, what are you doing? What, what's your approach? How are you looking to? Uh, yeah, to, to control that? very similar. So it's um, you just got to get everything out of everything, haven't you? So we're very happy that the um, yeah, the spring lambs have come because we get whole lambs delivered and we butcher them down and the range then of cuts and trims and everything that we get out of it. So. Yeah, even before that, um, last season, when we had a lot of venison going on and now moving into the lamb, both the venison dish and the lamb dish come with the sausage roll that bolsters what's on the plate. But it's a very tasty, cost-effective thing to go with, you know, the core bit of protein. Um, Little things like, um, so, you know, fish and chips, 
people may have always expected it to be cod or it isn't now it's whatever white fish yeah. we can get from the fishmonger at the best price and we know that the guys will take get the very best out of it and you know with, with perfect batter and the perfect garnish and you know the best chips money can buy or, or chefs can make you're going to give them a, a dish that still is that great British classic but yeah it can't be cod it can't be haddock it's got to be whatever the fishmonger can make um, can send us at the right price that day um, so yeah it's working closer than ever with the suppliers and making sure that yeah like absolutely everything we, we so you know we, we do a monthly celebration menu often you know with some quite high end things on it one of the, the starters was lobster tail um, and so obviously the rest of the lobster went to make raviolis and various other things um, yeah you know we and the, the, that was the starter and the, the special one off main was was duck and so yeah we then had you know, we got the whole ducks in we didn't buy breast got the whole ducks in butchered them down and had a range of duck specials for that week mm-hmm. and it's just which does you know it does mean the chefs are working as you know, harder than, harder than ever but it's it's the only way to survive you know um, we're specifically this week um, you know, with, with the a la carte we're just we're sticking to our guns but you know they're serving what's seasonal making the dishes they want to make and we're just we're still pricing them accordingly to try and get near the margin we aspire to but even we've actually we've actually increased you know the percentage margin target in an effort to try and combat the raising the massive jump in um, obviously the VAT going up again staff costs going up again you know my staff costs have basically just gone up 10% across the board yeah and um, our energy hasn't gone yet because I've got you know contracts in place right okay when they end who knows Jesus yeah Yeah, good luck I don't know what it's going to look like in in August you know I start that job in August um so good luck in all stuff. I think. Uh, hang on. Yeah, Sorry, uh, no, uh, James, you were you were uh, waving yeah, your I finger just, at me. Uh, just a question. I think we're we're uh, as a group all quite lucky because we have talented chefs and kitchens and what have you. And I know that, that every... wasn't what you were saying about the chef earlier. Yeah, well, I never talked about it. But others that don't, you know, may not have the ability to take a you know a spring lamb apart and, and utilize every the nose to tail eating. Um, is there any advice you would give guys that perhaps have a a less skilled kitchen. Um, I'm thinking particularly around perhaps the one week where they'll definitely be busy is that Sunday lunchtime. Is there anything, any advice you can offer them? Do you know what I mean? More of a kind of more of a general level pub. Yeah, than that you just element. you've just got to keep you've got to keep it simple there, haven't you? You know, you've got to keep you just got to keep it simple and, and not. You know, I've, I've always been a firm believer that that we cook what food the chefs and the kitchen and when I say the kitchen the environment and, and the equipment we have available to us can produce there's no point trying to produce things that you can't so it's about keeping it simple I mean I get a perfect example we, we, we've just got some uh, you speak to the, but, the butcher we use uh, they're called R&J uh, who are up in Yorkshire and they're making some beautiful beautiful um, lamb and wild garlic burgers we we bought them in for staff just to try, mm. and they're absolutely stunning. So it's just about I think speaking, and they're one pound forty a burger. Mm, right. Now, as we all know, you can make a lot of money out of selling a burger. Mm. So it, it, there, it's just about you know take a bit of work off there. Yeah. You know, go buy a lamb, lamb burger, do a beautiful bun, do some beautiful chips, fries, and a nice garnish. And so, and you've got to have a balance. You know, you can only cook what you can cook. I mean, I wrote it down on my notes here. You know, skill set. You know, I'm fortunate now in this kitchen that I I I have four guys that could easily all be head chefs, but that's a decision that we've took because you know we want to keep progressing and be the best we can. But you just got to you've got to box clever. You know, there's no, you know, heroes get shot, don't they? This, I mean, this is it. it it's about being efficient. It, it's about being you know, efficient you know I mean? being smart. Yeah. yeah. You've got to be yeah. clever. Yeah. I think adding on to that, communication. Get whoever's buying, so your head chef and your sous chef, um, they've got to be talking to every supplier more than ever and finding out from those suppliers what's coming up, where are the deals, which prices are going to go up. And, and because 
if it's well planned and you know what's going on, you can be you can just you know plan it better to do the most valuable, cost-effective products and dishes, and then get them out there. Absolutely. I mean, we we, we don't have we, we print our menus pretty much daily. So do I'm sure a lot of people do. Same, yeah. yeah. You know, and, and you have to. You know, even, mm. even my like. So we, we have a we have lobster on all the time. And do you know how much it costs? Market price. Yeah. I do a fish of the day. Cost market price. Yeah. Now yeah. we're fortunate. We're fortunate that we're we're in it. We're at a different stage with yeah. with what we do because we have a loyal clientele and we have people coming. But it's just you've just got to box clever and keep things simple. I, I, I have absolutely nothing against going buying a fantastic burger from a great supplier at one pound forty, yeah. and if they can go sell that at twelve fourteen pound, then go do it. You know, as long as you treat that burger with respect and cook it right, then you you, you know just got to be got to do what your kitchen allows you to do. It's as simple as that. Absolutely. And, and, and big preparation. It's all I, I, about the preparation. I, I'm conscious of time, guys. I mean, we've, we've focused on food. We haven't talked about drink at all. Are you, um, very briefly, is is that something that you're looking at as well? I mean, Heath, uh, maybe looking at boxed wine. Is that uh, going to be a, an option? <laughs> yeah, no, no. After this People weekend, don't bother, do they? People don't bother about drink. Is it, is, it not, is it not something you I mean, the price obviously is going up across the beach. Is that not something that you're, you're, you're looking at or worried about? Yes we, and no, but people don't bother, do they? But we, we we get a bit of pushbacks. You know, we have the, the gastropub element and we've got, you know, we've got some villagers who come in, you know, just to drink and they can be quite sensitive. So on a couple of key products, we've not gone up, you know, basically I've said that number. But don't, and don't, do it for, don't do it for 10, 20 people. I've been there. Yeah. <laughs> do, them a, do, yeah do them a village's price. Well, yeah, that we, yeah, we do that as well. I've been there for years. Don't do it for 10, 20 people. Keep yeah. 10, 20 people happy. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Oh, I've, guys, been, I've, I've been there. I, I, I'm conscious of the time. I think, uh, unfortunately, I'm going to have to leave it there. Heath is probably going to be walking around the supermarket with a trolley filling it with wine. Uh, I'm sure that's probably going to be a, a, a solution, but um, he's shaking his head and looking a little bit green. But that is it. Thank you very much, guys. Really appreciate Cheers, your time guys, on that thank one. Thank you. Happy Easter, okay. boys. All the best. Have a great Easter, guys. Enjoy your pizza. <laughs> See you, boys. Take care, boys. Cheers, Bye. guys. Cheers. This is the Lock-In Podcast, and we are talking about costs. Uh, one of the biggest challenges for the sector is fixed costs. Uh, the ridiculous rise in energy, for example, the increasing costs of staff, if you can find staff, and how you can handle all that. We've got John Arliss from The Crown in Oakengates joining us on this one, and we'll be hearing from him on how he's adapting his opening hours in a bid to mitigate those costs. So thanks for joining us, John. You're welcome. So before we get into that, let's just have a chat about some of those increases. I mean, uh, how, how bad are you finding it? I mean, John, what, what, what's really sort of hitting you at the moment? Um, energy hasn't hit us yet because we're on contract uh, till late summer, early autumn. Um, the one thing I've noticed is that I'm no longer getting... Uh, People from abroad pretending to be called Steve or Paul or Heath. Uh, ring me at least half a dozen times a week telling me they're coming from Eon or British Gas, which they, which they aren't, uh, yeah. trying to tempt me into deals. Okay. The fact that everybody is suffering from the same thing, those, those, those people have now disappeared. Silver linings. Uh, and I'm getting serious agents uh, talking to me. <laughs> That's always good. That's always good. I mean, Heath, what, what are you, what are you, James, uh, experiencing at the moment? Well, I, I agree. We're not getting anybody phoning up, going, you know, going to the accent, saying, "I'm Peter." I mean, you know, no, you're not Peter. Man. Uh, <laughs> you know, all that sort of falling off. But we're, we're out of contract at the Red Lion on electricity, and that's gone from sixteen hundred quid a month to four and a half thousand pounds a month for the same electricity so you know everything's LED so even in the morning in the old days you'd come in and you just something to set up everything's off downstairs you know we're using natural light almost to get set up because it's just have you tried candles do you know what I mean there's no 
mate. It'll get to that point. But even candles are expensive, so um, gas isn't too bad. Never be without a box of candles under the bar. Never be without a box of candles under the bar. When the power does fail, and it usually fails on a Friday night, that's when you're glad of them. I don't know, burning the place down. It's just, um, but everything's just got expensive, so you just don't know where. Like it's, you know, you don't want to turn equipment on too soon in the day. And I don't know. It's, it's. And there's no support, you know what I mean? Like, really, the government's not doing anything about it. We're just going to take it on the chin. I mean, do so, we do we yeah. see some of these things? I mean, particularly the energy things, you know. I, I mean, you're, you're, you're lucky at the moment, John. You're in contract. Um, Heath, you're the screwed because you're not. Um, I mean, do we see that as a, as a long-term change, or is this a short-term spike situation? I mean, how, how, I mean, obviously, we would hope that, but what, what do we think? Don't think it's going to be short-term. Uh, the way we're talking, I think we're talking at least a couple of years. Um, we've got to wait for the Ukraine situation to work its way through, I think, to be quite realistic. Um, will we see our, our prices ever come down to what they were? Unlikely. Uh, if you look at what the government rightly wants to do on environmental things, um, it's one way of stopping everybody using so much power, isn't it? Until we can all generate our own, um, I think we've got to um, uh, we've got to be realistic and use less. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. I'm very glad. I, I'm very glad that I'm a, a wet lead uh, business uh, and we don't do food because uh, oh, I, I realise the cost of cooking is going through the roof. The cost yeah. of cooking ingredients going through the roof. Um, what I hear from all you guys who employ chefs is saying they're hard to find and hard to keep hold of. Um, I, I, I'm, I've always been glad that we didn't do food on the basis you know, stick to what you're good at. Um, and I, I do feel for, uh, for all the operators who've got kitchens full of gas burners and people operating them. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, you touched on staffing there. I mean, that's that's an area that's a big problem in terms of, eight, well, trying to find them in the first place. But if you've got them, you need to retain them uh, because there's a huge cost in recruitment and, and the, uh, the difficulties when, you, when you've not got staff. I mean, interestingly, we're, we're seeing, um, you know, increasing incentives being offered. We're even seeing some guys putting in gardening leave, aren't they, to try and stop people being poached by by other operators but, I mean what, what yeah, but it, 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 the, it, the problem is for years a lot of operators have just taken the piss and haven't looked mm. after their staff mm. they've mm. taken advantage of cheap labour from Europe young students coming over and now it's coming home to roost if you're an arsehole of an employer it's, you're never going to have staff that's the reality so now they're having to do these stupid incentives a bottle of Prosecco all this sort of shit you're reading about to try and keep staff but just be nice and pay them fairly and treat them well and they'll want to work for you but if you don't do that you're going to have to do all these stupid things uh, you, couldn't yeah, agree I, more and you're right absolutely but it's still we're getting to a point where it's still difficult even for good employers to hang on to staff isn't it yeah well the problem is that the, the staff who have no loyalty are going to go wherever the buck is but how long do those places last and then they're going to run out of money yeah. Do you know what I'm I mean? Not, I'm not sure it's hanging on to staff either. I think our, you know, particularly from our teams, the, the retention's fantastic. The problem is you get the sort of natural wastage. Yeah. You know, back to uni, that yeah. sort of thing, that you constantly need to be replacing, you know, it'd be 10% of your, your, your staff that's always turning over. Yeah, yeah. It's getting new people in, because actually it's... But, but, but the kids today don't want to work in hospitality. All their mates are going out on the weekend. Why do they want to stand behind a bar on a Friday night no. and get abused and hassled? Do you know no. what I mean? While the other mates are having fun. Well, one of the things yeah. is to actually make, make sure they don't get abused and hassled. We've got yeah. a very low um, uh, idiot tolerance. Um, I mean, my staff... That's why he's never been invited to your bar. Pardon? That's why he's never been invited to your bar, I assume. uh... (laughs) (laughs) Well, if he does, we'll keep a very close eye on him, make sure he doesn't get out of control. Um, But on Friday, we had a a big party for a lady who's been with us 20 years this weekend. Uh, I've got another one who, um, she should have retired, but she doesn't want to, and she's been with us, I think, 17, 18 years. Um, the guy was with me, working with me last night. Uh, no, sorry, I lie. The guy who's going to be working with me tonight, he's been with us 11 years. Um, we, we can't afford to pay a fortune, but we... The staff know we've got their back, yeah, uh, yeah. And, I and, their and their passports and your safe. <laughs> <laughs> Don't give the game away. <laughs> <laughs> 
know you've got their back, yeah. that is important. Absolutely. And, you know, nobody comes to work to be abused. Yeah, no, exactly. So, I mean, John, you, you, you've taken a... I was going to say, that's generally my life, yeah. isn't it? I come yeah. to work and I get abused by you two. But, um, I mean, John, you, 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 you've taken a, an interesting approach to offering op- your opening hours. You've made some changes. I mean, do you want to just talk us through that? What have you done and, and, and how's that going? Well, we like to be different from from most people. I think that's why we're still here after 27 years. But, um, yeah, what we've done is we were already before COVID looking at the hours that worked for us and the hours that didn't. Um, When we first started, um, lunchtimes were very busy. Uh, Lunchtimes, all the offices came out. Um, I used to work for the local council. Uh, I'm actually a transport planner for the local council, I was. Um, We used to go to the pub probably about three lunchtimes a week. It's now a hanging offence to go, um, if you work in an office, to go to, uh, to go to a pub at lunchtime, I'm afraid, in, in very many places. So we were already looking at the hours that were worth our while and the ones that frankly weren't worth our while. Mm. So instead of opening at 12 o'clock, we now open at 1 o'clock every day and that works nicely. Um, Mondays and Tuesdays, which are our quiet nights, apart from when we've got something on, like last night we had 30 people in for comedy and curry, so we were open then. Um, but we we have now last admission times, right. so we let people in at eight up till eight o'clock on a Monday and Tuesday. If there's nobody in or that people are finishing, when they're gone, they're gone. Yeah. Um, if you've got a room full, different matter. Um, Wednesday, Thursdays we have last admission at ten o'clock. Uh, same applies. I've got a band on tonight. They're going to be playing till after ten o'clock, so the doors can stay open, um, and we'll we'll take the ones that come in. Mm. Um, but there's no point paying, paying people to stand in an empty room. No. Uh, you've got to look at the amount of money you're taking in an hour. You've got to look at what your costs are in that hour and decide, is it worthwhile doing? If you change your hours, and most pubs don't do it, which annoys the hell out of me, put, put the hours in the window. Have the hours displayed that you're going to be open and stick to them. If you say you're going to be open till 8 or till 10, or whatever it happens to be, stay open. Yeah. If you decide it's not viable, make that decision, publicise it. Mm-hmm. It's not fair to people think, I'm going to come out to the, I'm going to come out to the pub at 9 o'clock at night to find it's closed at 8 and nobody told you. Yeah, yeah. You may think about not going again. But at the same time, what we used to do, we used to be open until 11 o'clock every night, and we were paying, um, we, we, we were open from midday to 11 at night, seven days a week. Mm-hmm. And... That was, you know, a quick way of burning through cash, particularly at the moment. So we've lost a few part-timers in the run-up to COVID, and that's why we were already looking at it. So we haven't replaced them. Uh, Although one part-timer is working her last shift as we speak, uh, and the replacement, who was due to do a, another training day with us yesterday, has just caught COVID. Wow. So, um, brilliant. Just, what you mean. just what you does, mean. does she know that yet, John, or are you going to break it to her? <laughs> yes. She, she was actually due to finish a couple of weeks ago, and we persuaded her to stay on for another couple of weeks. <laughs> um, John, so, I mean, in, in terms of impact, are, are you making, I mean, has it, has it been beneficial? Are you making a, yep. a better return yep. as a result of this? Yes, the, the takings will be a little bit lower, but the costs are quite a bit lower. Mm. Um, uh, it's not just the person behind the bar, it's also having the lights on, it's having the, you know, yeah. everything else that goes with the costs of, uh, of running a pub. Um, are you actually making a, a profit during yeah. those hours? And that 12 to 1, we weren't. And the Monday and Tuesday nights, um, we weren't. So, you know, it's it's yeah. be realistic. I think. Um, I mean, in terms of the one thing that the, the criticism, I think he's been invaded by a small child, so we'll ignore the squawking. In case that was. I was going to say. Yeah, they don't. I, well, we hope it is. We don't know. Um, uh, John, I mean, one of the one of the things people have said is, um, you know, if you need to be open to make money, I mean, what would you say to that? Because like, that is something. You know, you've just got to be open. You've got to get the the doors have got to be there. And, and you're missing out on opportunities if you're closed. At one time, I think that used to be true. Mm. Um, we were, until COVID, open from midday to 11pm every day. Mm. But the footfall isn't there on, um, on some of these evenings. The footfall wasn't there before one o'clock. Yeah. So we've, con- we've sacrificed a bit of um, 
turnover to maintain profit. And, you know, you can be a busy fool otherwise if you just open all hours for an, a, paying someone to be in an empty pub and then having to cover them if they're off ill or when they're on holiday and you, then you're paying double yeah, for, yeah. Uh, for an empty pub. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, brilliant. Okay, well, we are conscious of time. We are out of time, I'm afraid, but thank you very much for that, John. Some really interesting thoughts, sir. You're welcome. Cheers. Cheers, John. This is the lock-in podcast with myself, Ed Bennington, James Cuthbertson, and Heath Balson. That's a Swedish joke there, Heath. I mean, I can't see you shaking your head. Oh, no, I'm shaking my head. Good, thank you. Uh, We're taking a look at costs, and one of the big challenges facing us at the moment is the rising commodity costs around the world. To help us understand some of that, I'm delighted to say we've got Sean Allen of Prestige Purchasing joining us to give us some insight into what's happening. So welcome, Sean. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for inviting me. Good stuff. So, I mean, to kick off, just maybe just give us a quick overview, a run-through of, you know, what, what, what are the key bullet points at the moment people need to be aware of? Um, I, I think the, uh, the, 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 key, the key things at the moment is um, that there's already pressure on pricing and supply markets uh, back end of last year into the beginning of this year. And, um, you know, unfortunately, that kind of has led to seeing some hefty sort of increases driven by fuel costs, uh, energy costs uh, and wage inflation, um, as well as just general sort of supply and demand issues with uh, some of the commodity markets. And um, and that, that's been challenging enough. But um, the, the um, unfortunate events in Ukraine over the last sort of six, seven weeks has now meant that um, that's impacting quite a few key commodity areas and uh, and it's just pushing prices up to uh, well another level really at the moment um, yeah it's going up to uh, some extortionate um, price rises up to sort of 50 percent on certain commodities in, in just a matter of weeks so that that hasn't yet filtered through but um, we're, we're definitely heading into some uh, um, some some double digit uh, inflationary numbers. What, what what sort of commodities and, and, and products are we likely to see sort of really hit? What, what should people be looking for? Uh, the, the, the probably one of the main ones is um, is bakery products and, and bread. So uh, wheat is, um, is is a big uh, area for Russia and Ukraine. They produce over twenty five percent of the world's uh, wheat. And um, and the fact that there's now those issues over in that region means that there's a there's a shortfall. Um, prices have moved up by about 50% or more in the last uh, few months on on wheat prices. They've gone from about £200 a tonne to £300 a tonne. Um, and, and they're starting to filter through now pretty 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 sharply. Um, so bread, bakery products and things like that are going to be really uh, badly hit. Um, and uh, alongside that... Um, We've also got uh, sunflower oil, which I think you know not many people perhaps uh, were aware that uh, Russia, one of the biggest sunflower oil producers in in uh, in the world, um, and certainly the biggest exporter. So um, oil pricing again, we were already sort of seeing 40, 50 percent increases uh, at the beginning of this year. It's now pushing that up by about another 30, 40 percent. So you know it's nearly doubled from uh, probably 12, 18 months ago. Um, and, and then, you know, coming back onto sort of the wheat uh, element, you know, it's not just bakery products, but uh, also um, it's used heavily for animal feed. Mm. So the uh, the impact on on certain uh, meats is also going to uh, feel feel some pressure. I mean, if we take if we take uh, chicken, for example, fifty percent of the cost of growing a bird is is the feed. So you know, and the cycle of production of a bird is about forty two days. So. Um, it doesn't take long for that to filter into the costs of, of poultry, yeah. and we're seeing some quite staggering increases in uh, in, in that um, area right now. I mean, Heath James, are you are you picking up on some of this already? I mean, I know we've talked about vegetable oil; you've you've seen spikes yeah. in that. I mean, what what particularly are you two seeing? James, uh, yeah. well, you go, James. Yeah, uh, veg oil was was yeah, it was massive. Um, but it's every day there's a different supplier writing to you um, right. and telling you that things are going up. I think there's obviously a time to shop around and look at contracts, and I wonder whether there's time to 
start doing deals to try and get some fixed pricing, but it's not easy because I think the, our suppliers are equally as nervous about what's ahead. Um, yeah. And we know that, you know, looking at energy supplies now, you know, sunny contract seems to be madness yeah. because you're just pitching, you know, keeping this high price for a while. But um, it's, it's everything. I mean, I can't, I genuinely can't think of a thing that's gone down. No. Even, and I think yeah. some of it's a bit cheek even some of the IT related stuff you see going up you think actually you have no raw costs but of course they still have increased cost and retention that is stuff, so. energy costs uh, yeah, yeah, yeah I yeah, think yeah, there is yeah. it's everything it's just it's just yeah. everything and the sadness is that we're the ones that sit between the consumer and this whole collective of our suppliers and um, yeah. we, you know we are you know you're talking to the team all the time about the cost because you need to be equipped to answer the questions yeah. um, when they see that things have gone up a little bit but we've tried our best to hold them prices where they are yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, Sean, is that is that a viable option? Do you think sort of tying into sort of contracts, or, or is is that something people should be looking at? Definitely, yeah. I, I think. Um, I, well, I, I, I'd caution that definitely um, a little bit in, in terms of the, the timing of appropriateness of of, of that. You know, um, you know, right now when the markets are really hot, sentiments driving prices up quite wildly, then. Um, you know, you got to you got to come make sure you got the right information around you to, to to make sure you're making the right informed decision of whether you lock out or not. But um, but I think you know generally, um, and we we always advise in clients to, to contract out um, uh, at least fix in for a period of time um, because the reason is um, and a great example is on wheat for example. You know I talked about wheat's gone up 50 percent in the last sort of few weeks. Well, the reality is most of that wheat was harvested back in sort of September, October last year. So that wheat's always been there and that could have been contracted at a much lower level than it's going out today. It's just the fact that the market's risen up. That means that people can now take advantage of that and charge more for the same product that was there for a lot less money um, a number of months ago. So so I think taking positions is, um, is actually key for stability. Um, but you know the word, the, the caution there is um, you know getting the timing of that right and, and making sure you've got a bit of um, you know support in uh, market intel to help you make those right decisions. Absolutely, absolutely. And I mean, are there any areas where people could be a bit savvier, um, sort of uh, uh, commodity products or things that they should be maybe looking at at the moment that are going to get better value? Um, yeah, I, I mean, I, th- I think it's, uh, I think we'd say there in terms of be- better value, I mean, the markets, there, there's so many that are just moving up. And I think, um, James, you might mentioned it, um, you know, you're just getting um, supplier letters for increases pretty much on a daily or weekly basis because it's, it is just everywhere. But um, I, I think, you know, it's important to look at substitution um, and, uh, and look at menus. Uh, I think working with, with your suppliers around you know how you can mitigate some of those and you know quite a lot of people now almost we're going back to you know probably 10 15 20 years ago where um people were sort of having more seasonal menus and and working with the seasons on produce rather than sticking to a fixed menu and importing all year round when it gets a bit difficult and a bit tight for supply so um so there's yeah there's definitely lots of things that um that, that we've done but it's probably lots of little things but they'll start to make a big difference for that substitution outsourcing to a bit of make or buy um, or, or just looking at cutting down your range a little bit. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I mean, Heath, you touched on this earlier um, in, a, in a different segment, that, that £17 uh, pie and a pint deal that seemed to ignite the uh, uh, social media into a, a frenzy of horror at the idea that the pie and a pint could cost £17. I mean, are, are we, I mean, I suppose more for James than Heath, you know, are consumer expectations oh. realistic? Do you think people are just... I, I don't think they are. I don't think they know. They, they know the electricity at home's got more expensive. They know the shopping's got more expensive. But yet they come to a pub and they seem to think that we're having it away. Hmm. So when that social media post went out, there's this pipe, there's a pub and a uh, pint of pipe for 17 quid. People go, that's a rip-off, that's a rip-off. Oh, and what's the context? Yeah. What's the pie? Hmm. What, you know, how big is it? I mean, is if it it's, if it's a Greg's it pie, then obviously that's uh, probably a little bit Yeah, but I don't think it would have been. Do you know what I mean? I think it was a place of, you know, decent quality. So, you know, like, and how much is a pint London right now? Six it's quid. Like, well, yeah, six yeah. quid. Yeah. yeah. Easy six quid. Yeah. And then it's, you know, so then it's not that expensive. So that just shows you how disconnected consumers are. They all think in hospitality, we're just having it away all the time. I mean, but the, 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 context, making, the context of that, though, is pies have traditionally been seen as a, as a cheaper option, haven't they, I guess? Depending on where yeah, but the venue like, and like, things mate, like that. Right? At, at the Red Line and Sun, we make a beef cheek and bone marrow pie 
for two people and we sell it for 40 quid with mash, <laughs> with a side of vegetables. And no it takes pie. us three days to, it takes us three days to make the pie. You can Three do it a bit days. Quicker, it's a beautiful pie. Cracking the whip days. over the staff a bit more and making them uh, speed it up, no? <laughs> no? We do it properly. You know what I mean? I could, you know. I think, but I think people are desperate to have a moan, aren't they? And they see something like that, and oh, it's just easy because they're they're angry. Well, I mean, they're angry were, about. I've, I've worked out though, Heath. You know, if they're angry about seventeen pounds for a pie and a pint, you just need to stick a sign outside your pub going. A pie and a pint for the pie and no pint, 47 40 pounds. Or, yeah. yeah, or pie and no pint, 40 pounds. And I think you'll be, yeah. you'll go viral, mate. You'll go viral. Mate, they're angry, they're angry enough as it'll be at the pie gate, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I, don't need a, I, don't need a, I don't need a kick the horn. And that's where you're in Sweden. <laughs> yeah, well, that's it. Yeah, you're away. Brilliant. I'm, I'm just conscious of time. So, I mean, Sean, any last bits of advice for operators in terms of, you know, are there any easy wins they can have? Or is it just a case, you know, we've, we've got to deal with it. We've got to suck it up and get on with it. I, I think, you know, I, I think there's a reality is that we're in a step change. So, you know, prices are going to go up and they're going to stay up for quite a while. And um, I bet they're not coming down soon. So, you know, that's the bad news story. I think, um, you know, what, what I would say is that, you know, there, there, there's definitely support out there. There's, um, you know, there's good market intelligence. I think, you know, it, it's good to get, um, you know, get some professional support around you uh, and just get some advice because, you know, there are, as I say, there's lots of pressures out there, but there's also lots of things that can be done to uh, try and mitigate that and, uh, and, and help. So, um, yeah, you know, I think like, like all these things, there's always opportunities out there. Just just opening them up and uh, and, and trying to sort of you know, push them through to to help um, to help keep your prices down as much as you can. Absolutely. So seek advice. Brilliant. Okay. Well, that is all we've got time for, Sean. But thank you very much for that. No problem. Good to see you guys. Cheers, mate. Nice one. Thanks. Bye. We're at the end of this week's podcast, and I'd particularly like to thank our colleague Keith for making the effort to dial in during his holiday. As we may have mentioned during the recording, Heath is on holiday in Sweden with his Swedish wife and family. James and I are well aware of this fact, as we've been subjected to a barrage of complaining text messages throughout the duration of his family break. So I think it would only be fair for James to now share some of the highlights of those messages. <laughs> I, think you'll, I think you'll find that they give oh, a flavour of how much he's enjoyed the holiday. So James, right. over to you. So this is a version of like, this is your strife, rather than this is your life. Right? <laughs> and this is how much he's enjoyed it. I've broken it into three different sections. The first one is about a straining relationship. So here we go. I've got three here. This is just, honestly, I've rented a snowboard tomorrow, so she will leave me alone. If I die, you can have her, the kids, and the dogs, and the pubs. Right? Brilliant. And can then, you do it in a Kiwi accent as well? No. Oh, I'll only sound Australian. Um, and then, and then I the meant Australian. One, I meant Australian. One, he returns to it. Just imagine everyone sitting around speaking Swedish. It's fucking boring. <laughs> right? And then this, this is just so, so, I can feel the soul being destroyed here. I thought today was Wednesday. I nearly cried when I saw on my phone that it was Tuesday. <laughs> I mean, was time running a little bit slow at this point oh for you? God. So then we go. To, then we go to cuisine. Then we go to cuisine. Right, as my second, I've got two, three crackers here. Sophia's mum has made sausage strong enough for dinner. Made not from sausages, but hot dogs. <laughs> how was it? We need to understand what. How was the hot dog strong enough? Oh, it's so bad. So, so then the next morning, it simply reads. Herring for breakfast. <laughs> I thought you like fish. And then, and then, and then there's this one. And then that evening they said, "It's goulash from a tin for dinner." <laughs> I pretended to use Google Translate so I could capture the horror of the tin. So you could take a picture of it and send it yeah, to us. To us, yeah, yeah. Just yeah. to because so, I was going to take a picture, take a picture. It's um, but it's it's not all doom and gloom because there are opportunities here. Um, so here was this one. I'm pitching a TV show after this week. It's going to be comedy gold. The Swedes have no fucking idea about food. I'll travel the country eating with locals. Do you know the national dish of Sweden is taco pie? It's like taco lasagna, and I'm not even kidding. And then the text straight after was like, taco pie. Just say that out loud. <laughs> and then, and then, I, want, I want that, before we get into that, did you actually eat taco pie? <laughs> No, no, no well, you, I mean, you haven't eaten it. You can't pass judgment it, it, if you haven't eaten it. it, 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 it. I've eaten tacos four days in a row. And this is and his final sign-off. <laughs> it just looks broken. The, the supermarket has a whole taco section. 
yet I can't buy balsamic vinegar. <laughs> I'm dying more and more with every meal. <laughs> I think that says more about Heath than Sweden. Oh, honestly, there's been so much. This has been a fabulous week for us. Not I mean, so much for you, but oh boy, we've we, enjoyed we, it. We've enjoyed living our lives vicariously through you. <laughs> in this thing. But I mean, Heath, oh. come on. No balsamic vinegar? I mean, are these guys Mate, monsters? Mate, seriously, come on. It's a, it's a, it's a staple. It's going to be a staple thing. Surely every household should have that. Surely. I mean, if, if, I don't know, middle class, sort of middle England, you know, high game. Yeah, it's balsamic vinegar. I'm not asking for caviar. <laughs> What's the balsamic vinegar on my salad? Do they have oh, malt vinegar? too much. Uh, no, I didn't see that. Oh, it was too much. It was hilarious. Anyway, sorry, Heath. I thought I'd stitch you up there. I mean, so ha- ha- how has it been, Heath? I think I did it. I think I did, did uh, that. It, it, Would it, let him hang don't. himself? Oh, yeah. It, yeah. It, I, I, I'm back at work tomorrow. But what, have, what have you been ordering? Uh, I've been on... Um, I use Natura for the pubs. and um, I've been... Um, everything green. I need some vitamin C. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I've just done a massive order. Probably spent about five grand on fruit and veg. Excellent. That, that might Personally. stop your teeth falling out. You never know. Thanks, mate. I mean, I'm looking forward to your wife listening to this because... Uh, oh, she doesn't so, listen to me. She will do this time. <laughs> you say that. You say that. Uh, right. Well, I'll tell you what. I think we'll leave that one there. We'll look forward to Heath's next uh, trip with his in-laws because... Uh, I'm sure it will uh, yield instantly similar kind of uh, uh, comments. But uh, let's part that one there for now. Um, we'll be back in the next episode, which we will be talking cocktails. Honestly, this time, I know I promised it last time, but we will. Uh, he decides to go on holiday to Sweden because he was really looking forward to it. And uh, we will do that again. So don't forget to subscribe, like, and share the podcast. And we will be back shortly. Hey.